chapter number 5. And uh, tonight we're going to take a statement. I want to show you a secret about having a wonderful, wonderful, successful life. And that is found in chapter 5 <coughs> in um, verses 1 through 4. 1 John 5, 1 through 4. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, tonight you know the shape of our nation and you know the shape of our Christian brothers and sisters and our church, our churches all over America. And you know what state of the condition of our hearts and you know, Lord Jesus, all of the people in the world for some miraculous way you keep track of everything that goes on in every place at every moment and we thank you for that we thank you lord that you have full control over the the situations in our, in our nation's capital even today and as all those uh people that are entrusted with the the care and the leadership of our nation are are failing in so many areas lord uh, we pray that the holy spirit lord would have full control and and have God's will accomplished even in the high places. And Lord, we pray that you would help us, help us to serve you today no matter what. Help us not to be clouded and distracted with all the terrible things that are so easily understood now by the, by the media that we have. And Lord, all the tremendous ease in which we have communication with one another through all the cell phones and the Facebooks and, and all the, the tremendous power of the air. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to deal with this properly because we can find out things now that we, so many years and years and years ago, would take, take weeks before news would, would come over the Atlantic Ocean or, or reach the shores of our own country. Well, Lord, I thank you that we don't have to wait on sailing ships to find things out now. <clears throat> with, with satellites and whatnot, but Lord, Lord, some of this stuff, much knowledge brings lots of sorrow sometimes. And so we pray that you'll help us to focus our attention on the Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, tonight. Help us to follow your commandments and help our lives to be blessed as we follow your commandments. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. It says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth also, or loveth him also that is begotten of him. Then it says in verse number two, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. <clears throat> for, whos, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What a blessing to keep God's commandments. Let me explain. When you keep God's commandments, you, you must understand that there are so many of them and they're, they're so uh, deep that you're probably going to be frustrated at times when you realize all the commandments that God has given a Christian today. And yet, how in the world do we keep them all? I don't know how to do that. But I don't think that's what God really wants us. I think He wants to talk to us 
each individually and the commandments that are working on our life at any one moment, those are the commands. How many understand you can't remember everything? Remember? Remember how to say amen or something? Right. How many can't remember what I just said? No, no. But, but we can't remember everything. That's why we're supposed to read the Bible. And then as we read the Bible, the Lord brings back commandments to us. Is that right? How many, is this only me or does this happen to you too? When you read the Bible, the Lord speaks to your heart. Is that right? Uh, some, some, some people have great memories. They can remember a lot. I, I remember a TV show where one guy stood. It was called... Uh, uh, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really... I'm labor- oh, that's incredible. I think the, 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 the show was That's Incredible. And the guy would find great things people do. He found one guy that could uh, watch uh, a train car of boxcars go by at a slow uh, pace. And the guy had the ability to photographically memorize the serial numbers on every boxcar. And I think that's just not fair. <laughs> that's wrong. And he did it right. He had a list of all, and he did it right on TV. And I thought we were just looking. Wow, and <clears throat> that's just not me, amen. That's not you either. Uh, this just—it's not fair. You can't remember everything. So the Holy Spirit, what He does, He He gives us commands that we're supposed to memorize and we're supposed to be in our hearts. The Bible says His commands are—he puts them inside. And that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? The Holy Spirit says uh, that he will bring things to our remembrance. And that's exciting, too, when you, when you remember something. How many like to remember stuff? How many like to remember what you forgot? How many forgot what you should have remembered? Uh, the guy says, out of all the things I miss, I'm, I've lost, I miss my mind the most. But... <laughs> I, I, I forgot stuff, but when the Holy Spirit brings it back, it's exciting. God will give me a thought sometimes, and then I'll, I'll be driving down the road, and I'll think, oh, yeah, i got to preach. That's a good thought. By the time I get home, I go, what was that? What was that? What was that? And then I, I said, Lord, please, please help me. I should have wrote it down, but that's wrong. You can't write while you're driving. Um, and I, I'm not, I would record it, you know, the thought on your phone under the voice recording, but you can't play with your phone while you're, while you're driving. Or they, you're not supposed to get caught doing it. But I, and I said, Lord, please help me. i got to remember such a good thought. And sometimes the Lord will, will put that thought back in my mind. I'll remember it. It's just so exciting to see God do that. But the commandments of the Lord are there inside of our hearts. And you're not supposed to forget those kind of commandments are very important. Now, granted, we can't remember them all, but the really, really important ones, which I don't mean that not a, some of them aren't important, of course, but the commandments of the Lord are there so we can wash our hearts with them. Now, the Bible says this in verse number three. Would you focus on that last comment? His commandments are not what? Grievous. You shouldn't have grief. When God tells you to do things, we shouldn't say, oh, man, this is this is grievous. This is I'm grieving over what God told me to do. No, he says uh, some commandments are there. and We can't we can't even uh, we can't even keep them all. How, 
Have you prayed without ceasing? No. We try though, right? Is that right? You see, the, the commandments of the Lord are there. There they are commandments. How about love thy neighbor as thyself? Have we always done that? Of course not. But the command is there. You see how God elevates our relationship with him by those commands? God doesn't say, love me with just about all you've got. What did he say? Thou shalt love the Lord with about half as much as you're, you're capable of doing. Or, or does he say, well, I'll be happy with anything I can get. No, that's a command. I mean, that's good, but the command, what's the command? The commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy might, all thy soul, and your neighbor as yourself. That's a mighty big commandment. But the Bible says that's not grievous. You realize the commandments of the Lord are going to make you a better Christian? Everybody with me? Are your minds with me tonight? Everybody with me? Your, the command of God is something that will elevate your Christian life to the point where you can actually be blessed by keeping His commands. These commandments are not grievous. They're, they're good for us. They're powerful. They change your life. But when, 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 I, when I found out that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God, and you are not your own, Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. That's a command from God. You're supposed to somehow, the best you can, elevate yourself to the point where you're glorifying God with everything you are, everything you do. See, that's why it's wrong to smoke cigarettes. Would you agree with that? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. These commands are not grievous for us. They're always good. See, Human nature, human nature is basically rebellious. And that's why it's so important to have the commands of God. So if we believe and we, if we believe God and we love Him, then we're going to believe His Son and love His Son. This love and this belief will cause us to obey His command. <clears throat> Did not Jesus say, if you love me, keep my Command, my commandments. So, is it okay for Jesus to give us commandments? You see, some people say, "Well, he's a nice, he's he's okay." I, I, you know, I, I've talked to people so many times, and they don't they don't want to elevate Jesus as who he really is. I got news for you: Jesus Christ is God. He's God Almighty. He's God with a capital G. I love discussing that with um, the Jehovah's Witnesses' faith. They, they cannot get Jesus up to where he belongs. They just can't do it. They've been taught that he's nothing more than a, 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 a little bit higher than an angel. In fact, some of them believe he's Gabriel or, or Michael, reincarnated, whatever. There's some crazy belief out there, but they refuse to say that Jesus Christ is God in flesh they do he can't be god in the flesh but if you go to hebrews chapter one and guess what you're going to find out that god the father called his own son god he said he commanded all the angels of heaven to worship his son who is the express 
visible image of God, the invisible God. Is it okay for Jesus to command us? Boy, it's, it's wonderful for him to command us. Now, let's look at uh, this human nature. Um, and I want you to know God had to give us statutes. He had to give us rules. He had to give us guidelines. He had to give us ordinances and commandments and judgments. Otherwise, what would happen? You'd have Congress and the Senate. Uh, you, you, would have, you would have people that are lawless. You would have, you have, you, you'd have uh, chaos. And that's why he brought us all down to find out how to live the right way. And he did that by giving us laws and statutes and commandments and ordinances and rules and regulations. It's, it's wonderful to be a law keeper. It's wonderful to be underneath the chastisement, or I should say outside, out from under the chastisement of God. It's a wonderful thing. How many like to be innocent when somebody's in trouble? How many of you kids don't mind it a bit when your mom and dad are not mad at you? Right? You say, oh, my poor brother, he's getting it, man. He's really getting it. But I'm glad I'm not in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm awful glad. I mean, I'm not glad anybody gets in trouble. I'm just glad if I'm not the one. Is that okay? Yeah. If somebody's going to get in trouble, why don't you let somebody else get in trouble? If somebody down at work embezzles money, why don't you make sure it's not you? If somebody else is driving, you know, oh, on the guide Meridian yesterday, I saw three uh, patrol cars. State Patrol, they were active. In fact, one was there tonight. I mean, they're giving tickets out like crazy. But I didn't get one. Amen? I feel pretty good. How many like driving around the squad car instead of driving up in front of one and stopping? And those lights are so bright at night. It's so embarrassing for other people to have to get stopped. I feel harsh for them. I, I pray for them maybe as I go by. <laughs> I'm not, I just like being innocent. If, why? Because if you keep the commandments of God, you're blessed. That's why they're so important. Look with me in Psalm 19 for, in the, for just a minute. Now, our goal as Christians is to actually... Uh, I, and I don't know how you're going to take this, but how not to get in trouble, let somebody else get in trouble. That's true. God's judgment hand is going, by the way, all the people in America that are doing wrong, they're going to get, they're going to get punished. I promise you. They're going, they're going to receive the things that are done and they're going to, they're going to have retribution more so for the unsaved. Less, less so much for the saved, though. Jesus did take our punishment, didn't he? And there is room for repentance, but uh, you can't, you can't. If if a person's not saved, you don't, you don't get to get out of trouble. It only gets worse. So somebody that's not saved, they don't have the grace of God. They don't, they don't have the First John one nine. They don't have that relationship with the Lord that God wants them so badly to have. Uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Let's look at Psalm 19. It says, the heavens 
declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth at the strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now watch closely, folks, please. Focus with me on this, verse 7. <clears throat> it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. I said this once in church, and a lady got mad at me. I said, if you follow the Ten Commandments as close as you possibly can, and all the commandments of God, they will lead you closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to Jesus Christ. And in the end, it won't be difficult to be saved as you follow the Lord. The schoolmaster is there to teach us that we need Jesus. Where do all these laws come from? As we follow them, we find out Jesus Christ, he, he's the law keeper, he's the law giver. And uh, she said, that sounds like you get saved by keeping the law. And I said, no, no, no. The, the laws are there to, to lead you to him. That's what the Bible says. The law is our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Is that right? Look what it says there. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Uh, so we have the, the law. We have the testimony. Look at verse 8. We have the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Now we have the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, here it is, by them, moreover, by them, by those commandments, statutes, judgments, ordinances, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them, there is what? Great reward. You just don't have a nice day. You get great rewards for doing the commandments of God, to obey the commandments of God. Um, and by the way, I don't know the verse, but... There is, there is a mention in the New Testament that God gives the Holy Spirit in, in um, a, a, a more intensified way to those that obey Him. You obey the Lord, you already are saved, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit, but if you obey the Lord, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You won't just possess, but you, you, He will fill you. He will guide your mind and heart and soul in words your actions, and you'll be, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. A lot of Christians in the world, amen? Not a lot that get led by the Lord, though. Right? Am I, are you with me? A lot, lot, a lot of people that, that are saved, they're, they're not being led by the Lord and, uh, because they're disobeying Him. I want to be led by the Lord. I want God to lead me. Look at, um, 
Look at Genesis chapter 26 for just a minute. Genesis 26 and concerning Isaac. Uh, uh, <coughs> Isaac was the son of Abraham. And in Genesis 26, Abraham was uh, relaying this to his son Isaac. Uh, and uh, let's go to verse uh, number 1. And it says, uh, 26, all right. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him, Isaac, and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham did what? Obeyed, Obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So why did Isaac, why, why was Isaac given the opportunity to obey God's commands? Well, in so doing, he actually had the covenant um, continue on through him. Uh, he said, I don't want you to go down to Egypt and I want you to follow what I say. And because Abraham, your father, did that. So how many understand, if your parents are following the Lord, uh, you ought to follow the Lord. If your parents love you and teach you the Bible, then you ought to one day do that for your, your, your kids. Amen. Uh, uh, my dad and mom, uh, they, they, uh, they didn't take us to church, but, but I still had to follow the commandments of my dad. Yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, how much I miss my dad. You know, every time I could call, every time I had a problem in my life, I had, I had uh, a phone call away. I could talk to my dad. I'd say, Dad, I, I got something. He said, what's going on? I said, tell him. I said, well, I got a, I, I got a little decision to make, and uh, this is happening, and that's happening. And You know, I, I just thank God for the wisdom that my dad had. Anybody know what horse sense is? Anybody know what uh, street sense is and uh, just common sense? Anybody know what that is? My dad had a whole truckload of, of horse sense and street sense and common sense. And yeah, yeah, it was just wonderful to talk to him because he wasn't one to uh, get, get uh, all fluffy and everything. He'd just get right to the point. One day I had a decision to make and I didn't know what to do. And my dad told me, okay, son, get off the fence. And I told you this before, but I said, what do you mean? He said, get off the fence, get off the fence, just make a decision. And he said, if you make a wrong decision, you're going to learn from it. But if you make the right one, then everybody wins off of that. So get off the fence. You're not doing anybody good, any good. You're not doing your family any good. You're not doing anybody any good. You're not doing yourself any good. Make a decision. Get off the fence. Do something. And even if you're wrong. And I go, man, that's great advice. I mean, I was laboring for a week or so on this one decision. I finally called him, and he knew just what to tell me. 
Make a decision. Quit worrying about it if you make a wrong decision. Lots of people make errors in their life. And don't worry about it because if you, if you learn from it, then you're better off, right? Now, this, this wasn't life earth changing. It was a very serious decision, though. So I had to make a decision. And boy, when he told me that, I had a peace come over my heart. And uh, I just know that all the things that my dad told me all down through the years, all the commandments and all the, all the things that he wanted me to do right, I, I connected with his heart. I knew what he wanted was for me to do the right thing. Even if he himself had failed at a few things, he was giving me advice because he knew that even though he had failed a few things, he knew that those failures would be good for me if he could tell me how to stay away from them. The wisdom that your father and your mother and, and elders in the church and different people, there's a lot of people out there that can really help us because they care for us even though they might not have been exactly perfect themselves. And boy, when he told me that, I just thought, okay, I, I, can, I can do this. I made the decision and it, it, came, it turned out just fantastic. But I, I, w- I was on the fence. You know, God, God wants us to do the right thing. So he gives us these commandments. Uh, and and he, told, he told Joshua, he told all the people in the Bible, uh, I want you to follow my commandments. I don't, I don't give them to you because it hurts you. I want you to follow my commandments and obey my word. Uh, look, look with me at what happened uh, to uh, Saul. Would you turn with me in uh, 1 Samuel? 1 Samuel. Now, I, I use this a lot because it's just, it's a fantastic verse. You know that Samuel was getting in trouble, right? or uh, it's not Samuel, but King Saul. I'll find it. All right, uh, please go to chapter 15, 1 Samuel 15. And I want you to see how important it is for, for God's people to love the commandments of the Lord. Follow and obey the commandments of God. He knows best. Verse 22. And Samuel said, he was talking to Saul, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Now, this is a very clear question. Does God enjoy, is he happy as much with burnt offerings and sacrifices as he is in just people obeying his command. Now, think about this for a minute. Many people would like to do something other than obey God's commandments. So they would do whatever they think is good without obeying God's command. But God says, do I I love sacrificing animals as much as if you just do what I told you to do. That's what Samuel was asking the king. And he said, uh, in, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know what the, the preacher was telling that king? God would be much more happy with you if you just obey him than all the fat and all the animals and all the blood sacrifices and all the sac- listen, God's not really important, or, or uh, he's, he's not impressed, I should say. God's not really impressed with what we give him as far as sacrifices when it's compared to 
obedience. Is that right? We just saw this. This is, this is what God wants. He would rather have us just do what he said. You know, I, I think I have a lot to give the Lord, but he's not really, he's not going to be happy with that if I'm disobeying him. Right? And so as Christians obey the Lord, look at verse 23. For rebellion, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the natural man. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We make much about witchcraft. Oh, that's horrible. But God said rebellion's just like it. You know what's happening in America? Rebellion against God. Horrible rebellion against God. Against His law. Against His statutes. Against His commands. Against His ordinances. This country is becoming lawless. Because nobody likes to be told what to do. Everybody wants everything the way they want it. Satan has a statement that some of his worshipers use. And they, they say this. We didn't, but they do. They have a slogan. It's called, Do What Thou Wilt. It's exactly the opposite of what Jesus said when he was in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. Satan's good at twisting things around. And he's good at counterfeiting and being the opposite. Mankind, is, is his worst condition is when he's doing just what he wants to do. Our will is to, to be uh, submitted to God. Then he can, he can do the great things that he wants to do. So uh, the Holy Spirit urges us to obey. Look at the verse, now verse 23, and stubbornness. So rebellion and being stubborn is as iniquity and idolatry. He told King Saul, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, let me ask you, what, what do you think would have happened if King Saul would have obeyed the Lord? He could have ended up blessed the rest of his life. Did you know when God told Saul, now, they want a king, I'm going to give, but uh, if, if you just do what I say and follow my commandments, you'll be blessed. Remember, he, said, he promised Saul that. And yet he knew in his heart, God knew all, all along that Saul wasn't going to do it. He warned the people. He said, I'm, I'm going to give you a king, but you're not going to like it because I want to be your king. Is that right? God still wants to be our king. So in the New Testament, let's go over to uh, 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 John 15. And I'm just going to give you some really short commands and you can write them down. Oh, my goodness, we'd be here all night if we wrote them all down. But just, just a couple that popped out to me as I was reading the Bible and uh, just looking into this, this wonderful thought. What does God want me to do? What, what kind of commands does God want me to keep? Okay, um, let's go to 1 John, chapter number uh, 15, or excuse me, John 15. I hope I didn't steer you in the wrong direction there. John 15, let's look at it for just a minute before we finish tonight. And it says in verses 1 through 7, watch this word abide. 
Watch how many times God says to abide. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Verse 4, abide in me. That's a command. Abide in me. What's that mean? Um, how many have a place to live? You are not homeless. You have a place. Apartment, house, uh, garage, uh, kennel, whatever. I don't know. Well, how, how many have a place to live? Do you know what that is called? That is your abode. Right? And that's, that's one of the words that connect with the word abide. I abide in my abode. I'm aboding. In, I'm abiding in my abode. That's what it is. That's the place where you live. Jesus said, abide in me. That's easy. He says, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. So we see verse 6 and 7. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. <clears throat> and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now, please don't think that if you're a Christian and you're not abiding in the Lord, you're going to go to hell. That's not, we, we live in Christ Jesus. We abide in him. But he's talking about in a, in a more deeper way. He, I want you to live in me. I want to live in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So God wants to, have us abide in Him. That's really kind of rare today. By the way, can I just say this? The keeping of God's commandments, uh, there's a lot of commandments in the Bible. Brother Carlson made mention of this in Romans about the law. Now, I want to give you, I'm going to give you three things. The, the Old Testament law, here's what happened. God gave them ceremonial laws, Dietary laws and moral laws. There's lots and lots of laws. Most of them can be categorized in either dietary or ceremonial. That, that, that's even the clothing. And then there's the moral law. So you have three. Now, here's what happened. We don't have any dietary laws anymore. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. <laughs> You'll have to read that before you get the full import of it. Uh, it's, it's in Acts. And there was all manner of unclean things. Now there's some food I don't like. But if I had to, I'd eat it. Yeah, I, don't, I remember eating a grasshopper. And I thought, man, there's got to be a law against this. It was the nastiest tasting thing. It was, oh, it was horrible. But there's a lot of things that used to be against the law to eat. But now we're in Christ Jesus. Pray over it first. <laughs> and you can eat it. <laughs> okay? 
missionaries, is it is don't you think there should have been a law against eating grub worms? Anybody know what a grub worm is? They're big, they're nasty. But there's missionaries over there in other parts of the world that eat those things or have once. <laughs> but they pray over their food and they eat it. I'm, I'm just saying, we're not under the Old Testament law where it's, it's, it's against the law. Now, there are some things that you probably shouldn't if you don't have to, but it, God said right there in the Bible, if you pray, we're not under the dietary conditions of the Old Testament. We're not under the ceremony. Aren't you glad you can wear polyester and wool and linen all mixed together at the same time? You know, there was against, it was against the law for you to mix different, uh, of, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, fabric and material. It was against the law. So we, we're done away with all that. So all the ceremony and all that. And that's why whenever I meet uh, Jewish brethren that are trying to get me to get back and do Jewish things, and they think it's really important for them to do Jewish things like tie phylacteries around and wear the yarmulke and eat certain types of bread. Nothing wrong with a bagel, man. Amen? I had one today. Yeah. Ah, that's good stuff. I love bagels. But it's not a law. So there's people, people today that think that if they go back into the, the Old Testament law and do some of those things that, that they're going to be more spiritual than you and me. And that's just not true. We're not under dietary laws. We're not under spirit, or excuse me, ceremonial laws. Guess what we are under, though? Moral. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us, even more intensified, Jesus said, it hath been said for a man to look on a woman or uh, to, to commit adultery. Jesus said, if you look, if you look on a woman, you've committed sin with her already. It's more intensified now. We have a moral responsibility because we're free and we're not under the Old Testament law. And Brother Carlson is going to hit more on that in Sunday school. But, but this abide in me, that's a great commandment, isn't it? These aren't grievous. Just, just have some time to time when you talk to God in the morning or the day or all day or at the night. Don't worry about it. And by the way, I've, I've prayed over a piece of bacon before. You know, in the Old Testament, you couldn't do that? Lord, thank you for this great big piece of juicy, greasy bacon. <laughs> you couldn't do that in the Old Testament. Man, that's a best Costco sausage dog I've ever had. You know what sausage dogs from Costco will do for you? They'll kill you. No, no. No, they, they'll, <laughs> they'll fill you up. I'm just saying, don't, don't judge me. Uh-uh. No way. Listen, I, I, I'll eat it as long as I pray over it. If I like it, I'll eat a piece of bacon. Amen? Everybody with me on this? Everybody with me on this? Alright, so I'm, I'm but, but there's bigger commandments than that. It, there's, there's deeper, more serious commandments. We should keep those. They're not grievous. Abide in me. How about this one? Love one another. Remember Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. He had the right to give us new commandments. And that commandment wasn't. But you know what? There's not one person in this church that you shouldn't love. Amen. And we've had some interesting people come through this church. I've loved every one of them. 
I loved every one of them. My wife can tell you. Every single one of them. And we, we had one lady come in and she had her dog with her. And this little dog, it wasn't, it wasn't a real dog. It looked like a glorified rat. <laughs> the poor thing should have had a different home, but she loved it and I didn't. But, but I loved her. It got loose in the church. And that dog went all around underneath all the chairs. I thought, what am I going to do? And finally, I had to tell her, I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but listen, I, I know you love that dog, but you can't bring that dog in here. It disrupts the church service. You can't do that anymore. And she said, well, fine. I thought you were a loving church. I said, I, I do. I, we love you, but, but you can't bring your dog into church anymore. I'm really sorry. We just can't do it. She said, I never saw her again. She said, fine then. And she took off out of here. But you know what? When I get, when I get judged about that, Jesus is going to know I loved her. I did. I loved her. There's no commandment to love dogs in the, in the church. But, but if, I, if she'd have just given me a little time, I could have. He just wouldn't come close to let me pet him. I, you know. But that's okay. That's okay. My, my, my apologies, please. I, I, I'm sorry, but man, that little rat was running around and scaring all the ladies. There's been some great times we've had in church, but you know what? When I, when I get to the Lord's judgment seat, he, he, he's going to know I loved every single person that ever came to this church, and I love you. And that's not a hard command to keep. Now, it might be hard for you to love me, but uh, it's not a grievous thing, you know. You know, to know me is to... <laughs> I'm just joking. I know. I'm just... You, didn't, you didn't say it, and I didn't either, so you can't tell me I'd say anything like that. But, hey, we ought to love one another, amen? amen. This is a church where you, you, you're not going to be treated bad. You're going to be loved. That's a commandment. The Bible says pray. Pray without ceasing. Oh, that's a grievous commandment, some might say. No, it's not a grievous commandment. The more you pray, the better it gets. And uh, then in Matthew 28, we're commanded to go. Go and teach all nations. So those are just four. Abide in me, love one another, pray, and, and go. Oh, listen, there's so many. You know, God, God never has made it a grievous thing to do what he says. So I hope tonight that you'll be with me in spirit to know that these commandments are not little suggestions. These are definite things that God says. Now, I want you to keep and obey my commands. It's for you. Let's bow our heads for prayer.